When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is People Every Day. Coming up, U.S. track star Sha'Carri Richardson suspended over marijuana inside the emotional story behind the news. Plus, Angelina Jolie and The Weeknd, Zendaya and Tom Holland, breaking down the latest Hollywood romance buzz. Also, Anthony Anderson shares his vaccination journey. It's July 2nd. Hi there, this is People Every Day. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Friday, and not just any Friday, it's the Friday before the long 4th of July weekend. I'm fresh off of vacation, as you know, so I have zero plans outside of unpacking and sleeping and eating, Um, and tons of rain in the forecast out my way, so trying to think up some indoor fun activities for the kitties. But that said, a lot of you will be getting outside this weekend, and I hope you all stay as safe as possible, especially with the latest news about new COVID variants and the ongoing pandemic. Well, later in the show, I chat with hilarious Blackish star Anthony Anderson, who is continuing his push to get people vaccinated. He himself has a pre-existing condition, and we talk about that and how he convinced his mom to get the shot. So stay tuned for all of that. Right now, let's get into the day's biggest headlines. And the first one that caught my eye today was the news that U.S. sprinter Sha'Carri Richardson who we all watched secure her spot on the U.S. Olympic team by running the women's 100-meter race in 10.86 seconds and then run into the stands to hug her grandmother. And that was my favorite part. She has now been suspended for marijuana use, and it's putting her Tokyo plans in jeopardy. So joining me to dig into this is People's Adam Carlson, who's actually heading out to Tokyo soon to cover the games for people. Hi, Adam. How's it going? Hi, Janine. You caught me right before I'm rolling into a holiday weekend. So how Happy to be here. (laughs) Cool, cool. Well, this news is really shaking things up. I was, okay, I have to be honest. The first thing I thought was, isn't marijuana legal? Why is she, why can't she run? So even though it is legal in Oregon, which is where she was at the Olympic trial, all of those competitions are governed by a set of international regulations that still consider marijuana essentially an abused substance that they don't want any athletes using. There was uh, an understandable question, I think, as the headlines kind of rippled out today. Wait a minute, marijuana is not really, you know, a performance enhancing drug the way we might think about other substances. Yeah. So so she, she failed in Eugene, Oregon, and this was on the same day as her victory, right? Yeah. And so that's really one of several pieces of, of heartbreaking developments in this is because she failed the drug test on the day, which is very standard. An athlete of her caliber is used to being drug tested over and over again. She fails the test on the day of her competition. It wipes out her incredible results. And so that then feeds into what she would have hoped to do 
in Tokyo. So even though the ban is for one month and it's lifted right before she could have competed in the 100 meter, which in, in which she's incredible, right? She's so fast. Yeah. Her preliminary results at that trial had been voided. So in the eyes of Olympic officials, she no longer qualifies to compete. She never qualified right. to compete. Right. Wow. Wow. And and I'm, I'm looking at this, um, the World Anti-Doping Agency uh, says that cannabis poses a health risk to athletes, has the potential to enhance performance, and violates the spirit of sport. So that is their stance on that. Oh, and so uh, let's listen to a little bit of what Shakari told NBC. I know what I did. I know what I'm supposed to do. Um, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm allowed not to do. And I still made that decision. But um, not making an excuse or looking for any empathy in my case. But just however... Being in that position of my life, finding out something like that, something that I would say is probably one of the biggest things that have impacted me positively and negatively in my life when it comes to dealing with the relationship I have with my mother. So that definitely was a very heavy topic on me. Wow. And so one of the things she's talking about there is the fact that she found out that her biological mother had died um, through an interviewer. Someone, a reporter had said this to her while she was being interviewed and she got that news then. And she says that she used marijuana just to calm herself down, um, having to deal with that, that news. It's so striking. She says, look, this is a decision I made. I'm an adult. I don't need your sympathy or empathy. But then you hear the details of this, and it's hard not to immediately start to relate to that experience. I think she called the news of her biological mom's death nerve-shattering, right? A, a complete tangle of emotions. She's probably still processing. And then to go from that onto a national stage to compete in the, in the track trials, that's her way of explaining, this is where I was, right? And she's saying now, I knew the consequences of those decisions. I knew, you know, what I should and shouldn't have done, but but this is where I was, and this is the choice I made. Um, and then you you kind of dig into it, and it also puts a whole different light on her victory, right? Running into the stand to hug her grandma, Betty. Her grandma, her big, who raised big her. mama who raised yeah. her, right? Who's been there the whole time. Um, and so this is someone who is tasting that success, who had been prepared to go into the world stage. Um, but like everyone, she has a story. Yeah. And so speaking of that, what is the plan? What, what happens now? I'm hearing that she can still compete in or possibly compete in, in certain races, but not of course, the one that, that made her famous. Yeah, so that's a, a question for which we're still awaiting an answer. The good news is that the ban lifts right before a lot of those con uh, competitions in Tokyo. She might still race in the relay, the women's relay. Track officials, as we're talking, haven't yet said what she's going to do. I would be surprised if they didn't use her, considering how fast she is, one of the fastest women in the world, that's totally a possibility that we'll see her there uh, running the relay uh, in just a few weeks. And and you'll be there. I'm so excited to, one, uh, watch on TV, but also to get all the behind-the-scenes stuff from you. And we'll be getting into that more on the show when things kick off. But Adam, while I have you, I want to get into some of these uh, celebrity relationships oh, that we're, we're seeing bubbling up. Uh, let's call this a heart monitor rapid fire session. Okay, we are going to check uh, what's going on in Hollywood in the love department. And we have to we have to start with um, uh, one that I wasn't expecting at all. 
Angelina Jolie and The Weeknd. I know, right? I know. I don't know if, it, what? It, what? It, if people have seen the photos. So they had dinner in LA. They were not photographed together. Very famous people are always smart to leave restaurants separately, but we know they had a meal together. I mean, who knows, right? They're both very talented. We know The Weeknd wants to get more into Hollywood. Angelina is, of course, a major player in that space. So this could very well just be a case of two interesting people deciding to to team up on something. We shall see. But it definitely got it definitely got people talking. Would you say leaning towards nothing's there? Uh, I'm going to lean towards nothing there. Although certainly Hollywood has surprised me before. Uh, but <laughs> but for right now, I'm just going to await the uh, the coming movie. Hopefully, they're both going to start that, that part. Okay, so moving on. Taika Waititi, Rita Ora, and Tessa. Thompson. Oh, okay, this is that that throuple that we saw kind of just in a in a love fest not too long ago. So what do we know about Tessa, Rita, and Taika? So for people unfamiliar with the photos, which I don't know how you could be unfamiliar with these photos, <laughs> uh, Taika is a director, uh, and of course Rita, the singer, and then Tessa, an actress uh, who'd been in one of Taika's uh, Marvel movies. They were photographed getting very cozy. Tessa and Rita, very cuddled up kissing, snuggled up right there with Taika. Taika later saying, you know what? It's all fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, he didn't really go into details, but uh, uh, in an interview was asked what he made of all the attention on the photos and said, you know, nothing wrong with it. You know, the internet's going to fix it on it for a day. We think that he's dating Rita. There's been a lot of social media posts since April. We should say there's not a ton confirmed here, but we have a lot of suspicions that Rita and Taika are pretty are pretty tight. Tessa, who I love, keeps her private life uh, pretty off limits. She's been really close with Janelle Monet for several years, um, and had been asked about speculation about them and and you know is it a friendship? Is it a romance? And Tessa's always been like, look, my my personal life is my personal life, but. There is that kissing photo. So, um. <laughs> All right. This one just came up and I know a lot of people are excited, including my niece, Leia. <laughs> okay. Zendaya and Tom Holland. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. After years of rumors and speculation and probably a lot of like hopes in the hearts of fans. I really like you. I really like you too. They were out together, a pretty passionate kiss. I mean, th- these are two young actors who said they've been friends for years, obviously co-star in the Spider-Man series together. People around them have said before that they were dating and they kind of poo-pooed that. Um, I mean, I don't kiss my friends like that. So I think it's safe <laughs> to say uh, that Same. a romance uh, new or resumed uh, has sparked. Last, but definitely not least, Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton. So much. We there, know there's there. there there. So much there there. I mean, there's so much there there. But now there's the something meter. officially there there, right? Yeah. So we're on a countdown now. Uh, we we recently confirmed that they have obtained a marriage license in Oklahoma, Blake's beloved Oklahoma. It comes with a, a ticking clock. They have ten days to get married. They obtained a license Yay! on Tuesday, uh, and I'm horrible at math, but I believe that means that they uh, would need to get married uh, by next. Thursday. Um, We already know that they've been actively wedding prepping, right? They're so excited. Um, We knew it was going to be a summer wedding. We know that she wants her kids to be heavily involved. You know, this is a a big blended family for a few years. Lots of love. So excited about this. And and Adam, thank you for taking me through everything today. Oh my gosh, such a thrill. And I'm going to go immediately look up some more Tom Holland and Zendaya photos.
All right, guys, I hope you're hungry because just in time for this holiday weekend, we've released the winners of our annual People Food Awards out now in this week's issue. Our food team fielded thousands of submissions, had taste testers all over the U.S., and they tongue-picked 75 everyday foods that deserve a spot in your kitchen. Take a listen to Deputy Editor Wendy Noggle getting the lowdown from food editor Sanal Dutt about her favorites in this year's Tasty Competition. So, Sanal... It has been so fun to watch you and your team work on this package, in part because it's been different than any other year. Explain how this year's Food Awards were different. This year, we had to be a little inventive and a little bit more creative um, because people were scattered all over the country and many of them were working at home. So we had a large network of products being shipped out to testers in 36 different states, including Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico. Um, We tried to include people you know, who may not have been able to have joined us in the past. And this year we could because everyone was working from home. So we had testers who were not only working from home, but who were also essential workers who were leaving the house every day. Um, We had a wide range of ages and cultures and family setups, um, you know, just to get a diverse group of testers who have different tastes. Um, we also wanted to make sure that we had people who were cooks. You know, some people had been cooking for 50 years and others who barely knew how to boil water. So the goal was to come up with a group of winners from, you know, this diverse group of testers that really reflected our readers and the country as a whole. So um, I think our list does that. It is kind of overwhelming when you think about it. I know you had more than 2,000 products submitted. You tested 500 and then you got it down to your final list of 75. I guess first off, what was your favorite food award winner of the year? Gosh, that's I assume it's like asking, you know, a parent about their favorite child, but there were so many really great ones. Um, One of the things that really surprised me was plant-based foods. I'm someone who eats meat. I'm someone who kind of eats a little bit of everything, but I was so shocked and surprised by how great the plant-based foods were this year that I would certainly consider just eating them and buying them because they're delicious. Um, Kind bars, you know, everyone knows about the the granola bars, came out with a new line of frozen ice creams. They're plant-based, but I dare anyone to take a taste of that ice cream and not think it was real dairy full ice cream. It was so sweet and luscious and creamy. And it was one of my surprise hits this year. I know you recommended the pistachio flavor in particular, which is my favorite. So I can't wait to give that a try. Hopefully you weren't just trying to bribe me um, with that winner. Um, Obviously it is summer. We're all kind of getting back to some of our celebrations where food is such a central part. And it's, it's just so joyous to know that those gatherings are going to be happening. But what about like things for the barbecue, things for grilling? You had some really um, tasty favorites there as well. Um, so some of the favorites for the grill were Ballpark's fully loaded nacho hot dogs. They received great scores across the board from our testers. So each hot dog is filled with a little bit of cheddar cheese and some nacho flavoring. And when you throw them on the grill, they just cook up super plump and juicy. And some people even said that they didn't have to add toppings because 
they loved the flavor so much. And sort of nodding to the plant-based category, as I mentioned before, Beyond Burger, which has been around for a while, they recently redid their their recipe for their plant-based burgers. And it scored super high with both plant-based eaters and meat-eating testers. Even though it's made with ingredients like brown rice and peas, the texture and flavor is so meat-like and just grilled up perfectly. So many great flavors. Um, okay, so last but not least, you know, there's the salty and sweet debate. And of course, my kids are clamoring for all the candy on the list. What are your favorite salty and sweet snacks? One of the winners for our salty snack were the Blue Diamond Extremes almonds, which are their award-winning almonds, but just covered in this deliciously fiery, flavorful cayenne pepper mixture. Um, Even people who said that they don't like spicy foods were talking about how they couldn't stop eating these almonds. They were just popping them all day. Um, The Skittles gummy Skittles, the little hard candies, um, came out with a line of gummies. And they taste like the Skittles that we all love, but in these kind of, you know, small button, chewy um, candies. And they were just so easy to pop all day. Next up, Anthony Anderson on getting the shot and saying goodbye to Blackish. Stay tuned. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Summer is here, people are outside, and fun is being had, but we are so not out of the woods yet when it comes to COVID-19. Millions of people still need to be vaccinated. And of course, there's the latest news regarding the strong Delta variant of the coronavirus that is proving particularly dangerous, especially for the unvaccinated. Well, enter Anthony Anderson, you guys. I caught up with the beloved star of Blackish recently. We will see him back on the small screen soon enough for the show's eighth and final season. I'm so sad, but we'll get into that later. First, let's talk about how he's been doing the work. He's partnered with Advil's After the Shot campaign and is being very outspoken about getting his vaccination and the medical reason that pushed him to do it, but also why it's so important for everyone, including his mama, to pull up their sleeve and do their part. So take a listen now to our chat. Tell me what shot did you get? When did you get it? And and just give me your experience with that first and foremost. Uh, March 6th. Um, mm-hmm. My first shot of Moderna. Uh, second shot, uh, April 2nd. Took me a nice little Advil tablet or two right after. You know, was told that uh, that would ease 
after effects from the shot that I may have. And I believe it did, uh, Advil did, did the job because I didn't feel anything afterwards. Uh, a slight sore arm, just like everybody else. But more importantly, I'm 50 years old. I'm African-American male. I have a pre-existing condition with type 2 diabetes. Uh, my mother is close to 70, African-American female, smoker, type 2 diabetic. So it was important for us um, to get vaccinated. And my mother was on the fence. And, you know, I, I told her to do her research. She went and spoke to her doctor and healthcare providers, and they, they assured her that everything was fine and that uh, it was important that she get vaccinated because of all the things I just listed. And she called me one day out of the blue. was, I'm ready. I'm ready. Come get me. I was like, Mom, it's not that simple. Let me, let's figure this out. So I put together a, a small group of 20 to 25 friends and family. We went and got vaccinated together. And, and here we are talking about our post-vaccination life. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Are you listening to my family members? I won't call you out by name. Now call them out by name. Janine, we've had these knockdown drag out. You need to call them out by name. Shame the devil. <laughs> but, but that's why I partnered with Advil and uh, this After My Shot campaign to talk about uh, my and our experience uh, post-vaccination. For me, it means being able to hug and kiss my mom on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, cookouts in the backyard, family dinners, and and uh, and holidays. Uh, and and now that the world is opening up, you know, traveling again. Uh, that's 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 what it's about for us. So important, so important. And and I have to ask you before I lose you, how are you feeling? The news that Blackish what oh. final season? Why? It's, 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 it's bittersweet, Janine, but it's best to go out on top, you know, while everybody's still a huge fan of the show and we have a huge following. Uh, we, we, we don't want to lag the show and just be holding on and be like, ah, oh, y'all should have left, you know, six years ago. Um, <laughs> but it's, 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 it's a bittersweet moment. You know, eight seasons uh, is unprecedented in this day and time in broadcast television, with sitcom, uh, especially a sitcom with people that look like us. So we're, we're, we're going to go out with a bang. We're, we're going to wrap this family up. And fortunately for us, we've been allowed to come back for an eighth season and not at the last minute. It's like, oh, you guys got one episode to wrap this up. We have an entire season to wrap this up and, and to go out uh, on our own accord. So that, that's the beautiful thing about it. I can't wait. Will, will, will you guys get into any of the any of the the vaccination and all that? Because you you do such a great job of of touching on these these moments and these these topics that affect the black community and and kind of translating that in the way that you do with the comedy. So, do you think it'll get into all of that? I'm pretty sure that we will. Uh, but more importantly, I, I think we're going to use the majority of of this, these episodes in this time to really wrap up the show, tie up any loose ends that there may have been. Um, and, and just um, make a uh, make a true finale. So there's there's no question about anything that is going. Oh, whatever happened to? Oh, why didn't he? Oh, they should. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that that's what we're really going to focus on. But I'm pretty sure in focusing on on all of that, we'll, we'll talk about things that are affecting us uh, in this world and, and in the community in particular. 
That was Anthony Anderson. For more on him, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile, guys. Ree Drummond, the pioneer woman, got a taste of what it means to go viral when she met a fan who loves to parody her on social media. So on Wednesday, Ree took to Instagram about her meet and greet at her ranch in Oklahoma with Remy Germinario, who's known for imitating the star on TikTok while wearing an auburn wig, of course. <laughs> well, the two connected over their hopes and dreams, then mixed things up and gave fans a viral video moment to savor. So listen to this. I'm Ree Drummond, the pioneer woman, and I'm an accidental country girl. Excuse me. I'm Ree Drummond, the pioneer Now only if I can get my Beyonce impersonation together. <laughs> Maybe I could get an invite over her house. Yes? No? <laughs> well, have a great and safe long weekend, everyone. We're off on Monday, so I will talk to you all on Tuesday. People Every Day is produced by Julia Weaver with help from Fallon Harge, Darby Masters, Maureen Malarkey, and Aliza Sessler. Executive produced by Christina Everett and mixed by Mary Dew, Josh Fisher, and Vahid Frazier. People's executive producers are David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. Special thanks to Nikki Etor, Will Lee, and the incredible staff at iHeartMedia and People.